Welcome to the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast. My name's Tim Cameron Kitchen. I'm the founder of Exposure Ninja. We're a digital agency that helps our clients generate more leads and sales online. And that's exactly what this podcast is about. Today, we're gonna run through a bunch of different B2B digital marketing strategies. Some we're gonna look at in loads of detail. Some we're just gonna skim over because otherwise we'll be here all day. I mean, I'm okay with that. You? Oh, you've got friends and a life and stuff. Fine, whatever, good for you. Anyway. Welcome to the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast. Content marketing. Broad term, what does it actually mean? Well, for me, content marketing is sucking the knowledge, experience, and expertise out of the heads of the people in your business and spewing it on the internet in a way that gets the attention of your potential customers and makes them fall in love with you. Now, here's why content marketing is so effective in B2B. Your customers have very specific pain points and needs. And in B2B marketing, it's really important that we demonstrate expertise and experience in those exact needs. This builds massive amounts of trust with your audience. They can see that you know what you're talking about. And if you can help these target customers in some small way by giving them some advice, that's gonna build trust with them that you can help them in a big way later on. And let's not forget, content marketing can be really high leverage. Some of the work I'm gonna show you in a minute is create once, generate leads forever. Thought leadership is a particular content marketing strategy where you elevate the position of someone inside the business to make them an expert across the field. You then use this expert positioning to get them coverage and give them a platform across industry publications. Let me show you an example. This is an example of the business I talked about earlier. We worked with them from the start to make Stuart Hearn, their founder and CEO, a real thought leader in the space. We promoted him to a whole bunch of publications, both specific to HR, which is their industry, and general business publications to give him a platform to publish content on. Now, of course, the reason this works so well is firstly, it gives Stuart massive credibility. It introduces him to the audience of these publications and gives us a chance to communicate the principles behind the business and share his expertise in the field that their software operated. From an SEO perspective, it's amazing because we can publish content on all these websites linking back to the client site to increase its ranking. One of the keys to thought leadership is making sure that you or someone in the business has a clear position which they can use as a way of introducing the product or service to the market. Once you've got that, it's a case of reaching out to the publications in your space, finding the writers or editors that write about these topics and pitching them on ideas that are the sort of thing the audience of their publication is gonna be interested in reading about. Another flavor of content marketing that can be really effective is case studies. Now we've talked about case studies before, so I'm not gonna go into loads of detail here, but basically there are two flavors of case studies. You have interesting case studies, which tend to be built around stories and generating results and solving someone's pain. And then you have the boring case studies. These are the ones that go into excessive technical detail that talk endlessly about the customer or client and their specific pain point. Most of the time, these aren't particularly transferable and they're very boring for people to read. So don't write them. If you're solving a problem for your target audience, you can also publish educational content. This is a pretty broad range of possible content types, including things like webinars and eBooks and downloadable guides and blog posts and knowledge-based topics, and maybe even courses. Now, the reason educational content can be such a powerful digital marketing strategy for B2B businesses 
is that you're able to partially fix someone's problem right there in the content. For example, look at this guide that we wrote for one of our clients during the pandemic. Now this business sells office management software, so software that helps people clock in and clock out of an office building. Now we noticed that working patterns after the pandemic had shifted and lots of companies were thinking about hybrid work policies. This was a new problem for them, they'd never had to solve this before, so we identified that the sort of people searching for how to write a hybrid work policy were the perfect customers for this particular client. They needed help solving this problem, so we wrote them a really detailed guide showing them exactly how to do this. Of course, we mentioned our client's software throughout so that if they needed a software solution to this, they could find one. But a piece of educational content like this can take the potential customer through a real journey. They come onto the page thinking, I've got this problem that I need solved. They then read some expert content about exactly how to solve that with your product or service being positioned as the key next step they need to take. And by doing this, they can go from having never heard of you all the way through to being ready to purchase from you in just one piece of content. Another type of content that you might wanna publish is interactive content. Now this covers all sorts of things like calculators and tools and software demos. One great example is the accountancy partnership. Now here you can see they've got a range of different accountancy calculators on their site targeting their different types of customer. For example, they've got calculators for employees. They've got holiday entitlement calculators designed for businesses who might become a client. And they've got a calculator for sole traders thinking of becoming a limited company. So what they've done is really clever. They've worked out their different target customers and they've built a calculator for each of these. Now, of course, you don't just wanna produce a calculator for people and hope they use it and ride off merrily into the sunset. Ideally, you want this person to become an inquiry or a lead for your business. So make sure on the pages that your calculator is hosted on, you have plenty of good quality calls to action, driving people through to inquiry forms, book a demo forms, contact forms, whatever the next step is for your business. Sometimes you might even want to gate the results of the calculator. So you let them fill in all the information and then the final step before they get their results is that they have to give you their personal details so that you can follow up with them or put them in an email automation sequence. Now, if you want a company that does everything B2B content marketing times 100, HubSpot is a great example. They invest huge resources in their content and it seems to be working really well for them. On the resources section of their website, you can see how many different types of content they are publishing. They've got blogs, eBooks and guides, free courses, certifications. They've got their own methodology. They host conferences. They've got case studies. They've got a range of different tools. They've got a community and even a directory of HubSpot partners. And how important is all of this non-product and service related content to HubSpot? <laughs> if we have a look on SEMrush, we see that it drives approximately 84% of their total traffic with a value of about $105 million a year. The vast majority of the pages that are bringing organic traffic from Google on HubSpot aren't their product or service pages, it's this content marketing section. Either their blog posts, their interactive tools like their email signature generator, or their technical knowledge base. We've done a full breakdown of HubSpot's strategy, it's wild, we'll share a link to the video at the end. And by the way, if you'd like the team at Exposure Ninja to recommend a content strategy for you, then you can request a free website and marketing review from the team here at ExposureNinja.com forward slash review, link in the description. It's completely free. Okay, personalization. If you have a relatively small pool of potential customers, 
It's that much more important to make sure you're tailoring your message specifically to them. Okay, what does that mean? Well, the simplest way to implement personalization is just to segment your audience. Let's do an example. Let's say that you're a cybersecurity firm. This firm, I'm looking at their website now, Redscan. Now immediately I can see there are three potential audience segments for this website. The first group are the people that we pity the most, those who have an urgent need because they're in the middle of a cybersecurity issue. Then we've got people that want assessments and advisory. So they're thinking about their cybersecurity. It might not be urgent. They sort of want help planning for the future. And then we've got the group that are looking for what's called MDR, managed detection and response. These are the people who want somebody in the background working all the time to make sure that their organization is secure. Now, if you think about it, these are three very different audiences. If you're running email marketing, for example, does it make sense to send the same message to each audience? Well, let's say that you're in the middle of a cyber attack and your data's being held to ransom. What sort of messages are you gonna respond to? Well, initially you're gonna to respond to anything which shows you that they can get this solved very quickly. But once that immediate threat has passed, you're probably gonna respond best to case studies and stories about how this company can help you insulate yourself against future attacks. If on the other hand, you're in the market for assessment or advisory, you might be much more interested in hearing thought leadership pieces about where future attacks may come from and how organizations can protect themselves against these. So by segmenting your audience and your email lists or your remarketing and retargeting lists, you can make sure you're delivering the sort of message to each audience which is actually gonna resonate. Say I'm in the middle of a hack and my data's being held to ransom. If I start seeing remarketing ads or I get emails about how this assessment can help me prevent future hacks, that's not gonna make me more likely to buy, that's just gonna be really annoying. Of course, sometimes your audience is gonna move between segments. They might be in the middle of a hack today, but next month they might be interested in assessments to help them build protection plans for the future. And it's okay for your audience to move between segments. You need to make sure that whatever automation you're using allows your customers to move between different lists. For example, by clicking on certain links, visiting certain web pages to indicate they're now interested in something else. And we've covered email automation in more detail in other videos and podcasts, so link in the description to those. All right, let's talk about video. Think B2B marketing can't work in video form? Hello? Now we have a full video and podcast all about video marketing, so again, link in the description to that. But really, the key to successful B2B video marketing is not to be boring. Yes, your technical team might have the most knowledge about the topic, but sometimes you just need a remotely entertaining talking head even if they don't understand a word of what they're saying and are just blindly reading a script written for them by a real expert who actually has more personality and is way cooler anyway. Hmm. One of the keys to successful B2B video marketing, whether you're publishing your videos on YouTube or whether you're running webinars, is to tie the topics back to things that your audience actually cares about. Make sure they can see the benefit in both the topic and the title of your video. So I'm on the Gartner website here and you can see they're doing a medium job of this. They've got webinar topics like optimize the hybrid work experience for government employees. Now that's okay, but if we wanted to maybe make this more entertaining, we might actually tie this back to something that the target audience has a KPI on. For example, is this about improving employee satisfaction or employee retention or employee NPS score? Is it about reducing absence? Is it about improving productivity? There's another webinar called Impactful Storytelling. Tell your unique CXO story. 
I mean, I might be being basic, but that just sounds like total fluff to me. What's the outcome from this? Having said that, even if your organization can only come up with really boring jargon heavy videos, they're still gonna be better than nothing. Nothing quite connects with people like seeing them on a video. So having video as part of your marketing arsenal is a pretty good idea, even if you're fairly certain that your organization's gonna fluff it and make it a bit boring. Let's talk about account-based marketing. You know that dream client, right? The one that you lie in bed thinking about. But do they think about you? Do they even know your name? Do they even know that you exist? Well, with account-based marketing, you can laser focus your marketing efforts around these perfect clients. Let me show you one of my favorite examples of ABM. When GumGum, which is a company specializing in computer vision, decided that it really wanted to win T-Mobile as a client, they went full Sherlock Holmes on T-Mobile's CEO. They found out that CEO John Laguerre is a huge Batman fan. So what did they do? Well, they produced a Batman-style comic called T-Man and Gums. This comic is no joke. It is seriously long. It's all custom designed. It's all custom written. It's really well done. They got physical copies printed and sent 100 to T-Mobile staff and their agencies. All right, you're desperate to find out what happened, right? Well, guess what? Well, they actually got sued for copyright infringement and shut down. But at least the design team had fun doing it. Only joking, they got the client. Okay, let's talk about B2B SEO, which is one of my favorite B2B marketing strategies, despite the deceptively small slice of this video and podcast that we're dedicating to it. My top tips? First up, don't stress too much about search volume. You want some search volume in the keywords that you're targeting, sure. But if you know that your potential customers are searching for a phrase, but all the SEO tools show you that there's very little search volume for that phrase, don't necessarily be put off. If you've spoken to your customers, you know that's what they're searching for, just target that phrase anyway. It's also ridiculously important to understand searcher intent for particular phrases. I'm on Google searching for best CRM software. And if I have a CRM software company, I might be trying to get my homepage or my product page ranked for this term. But if I have a look on Google, I quickly see that all of the pages that are ranking for this term are information pages, they're review sites. This is information comparing different options. So I know if I'm gonna rank for this term, that's the sort of content I need to be producing as well. Lo and behold, HubSpot, who are the top ranking CRM company for this term, that is exactly what they've done. They've produced a piece of content which compares all the different top CRM platforms. Guess who wins in their comparison? But the point is they've understood the sort of content that Google wants to rank for that term and they've produced that. They've given Google what it wants to rank. Link building is also fantastically important in B2B SEO. Now think back to the thought leadership content strategy we talked about right at the start. That's gonna be your friend when it comes to B2B link building. My final very quick tip for B2B SEO is keep doing it. I really wanted to show you this incredible case study of a B2B company that we helped absolutely dominate for its key search terms. But about a year ago, they stopped doing SEO. They decided that they were doing well enough and that they didn't need to continue pushing anymore. And I've just checked their rankings. They've been overtaken by a whole bunch of competitors that have been continuing to grind whilst they've been asleep. Of course, this makes me and them, I assume, very sad because they put a lot of budget, time and energy into getting that ranking they just didn't put any time, budget or energy into maintaining that ranking. So if something in SEO is working, keep doing it. Don't take your foot off the gas. All right, influencers. 
Tim, B2B influencers, are you sure? Yes. I am 100% sure. Now, over the last few years, we've seen a lot of B2B, in particular software companies, take a quite B2C approach to working with influencers. Let me talk you through an extreme example. Exhibit A, Figma. Figma is design software recently bought by Adobe. And if you have a look at their social pages, you'll notice that most of the content appears to be user-generated. It's people showing demonstrations, tutorials, and walkthroughs. But if you look closely, you'll notice there's actually a pattern. It tends to be the same people appearing over and over again. And if you do a search, for example, on TikTok for Figma designer advocate, you'll notice that Figma has a bunch of these designer advocates creating content about Figma frequently. Interestingly, this is actually a paid salaried role at Figma. These people's job is to create Figma content, both for their own channels, but also to be used on Figma's social pages. Adobe does a similar thing. I'm looking at digital artist Drew on Instagram and they list themselves as an Adobe community expert and Adobe Express ambassador. Now, the thing about B2B influencers and advocates like this is that they don't necessarily have to have a huge following. There are two directions that you can take with your B2B influencer marketing. You can take the traditional influencer route, which is basically to find someone with a large following and pay to get exposure to that following. Or you can take the more modern sort of designer advocate route where you actually just pay someone who's good at making content, even if they don't necessarily have a large following. And that's what Adobe and Figma do. You'll notice that their designer advocates or their ambassadors don't have a particularly large following, but they're good at making content. They're talented artists, which means that when they produce this content for Adobe or Figma and Figma and Adobe share this on their main social pages, it gets a lot of respect and traction. Now, you may have mentally dismissed this thinking that influencers just totally won't work for your industry. But let me challenge you. I bet that there are publications or influencers in your space which have a really good reach amongst your target audience. Next time you're talking to a potential customer, ask them, how do you keep up to date with what's going on in our industry? I bet there'd be a publication or even an individual that they follow to keep up to date with the latest news. So it's just up to you to work out how you can build a relationship with that person to have them market your business or your product or service to their audience. Okay, so we've covered a whole bunch of different B2B digital marketing strategies and there are even more in the blog post which is linked in the description. The question that you might have now is how do we prioritize all of this? How do we put this together into a plan? And then once we're implementing it, how do we scale it? Well, we can help you with this if you want. Just go to exposureninja.com forward slash review and request a free website and marketing review from the team here at EN. If you're eligible, we'll take a look at your website, your digital marketing that you've done so far and your competitors, and we'll help you map out a prioritized action plan that either you can follow alone or you can follow with your existing agency, or if you want, you can follow with us to help you get traction with your B2B audience. So just go to exposureninja.com forward slash review to request your free website and marketing review today. <laughs>